Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range EDC, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, live in a cabin out in the woods with no electricity, or have been stuck down a mine shaft for the last couple months, WandaVision has been the gift that just keeps on giving. It's delightfully disorienting, it's immensely entertaining, and you better watch it or else you'll be confused by every single thing that happens from now on as we emerge from our plague years. So we'll be talking about the last three weeks of shows in this episode 57. I'm Monica Rambeau, you for it. My top... My... <laughs> I couldn't even get through it without laughing. Well, I guess we'll have to Rochambeau for it. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is a man who once spent 36 hours sitting in a recliner playing Star Wars The Old Republic before realizing that he had a wife, family, and a platter that was about to burst. Huh? He is the Naomi to my Cameron. Watch out when he goes for the rear view because he may have had burritos that night. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? Oh, oh, you're using a classy greeting. You must have a classy beverage there. I do have a classy beverage. <laughs> <laughs> little twelve-year-old single malt Scotch whiskey. Oh, known as Glenlivet. Look at you! Are you better be yeah, pinky up. There we go. There, yeah. No way, fatty! It's mine. So we're in a brand new world now. We I, I just oh, want to let the gosh. let our listeners in on this. We actually have video uh, going along with this. You, the viewers, will never have to see this. I know. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> But now we can see each other, and it's, I got to admit, this could be the most disorienting episode that we have done, because we're going to be looking at each other and like, yeah. what's going on in back of you? What's happening? Why? Why? Wow. Have what's you always happening? made that face when I'm talking? Are you still awake? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you slouched over? <laughs> That'll be me talking to Tim. Anyways, oh, uh, before we get too far into the shenanigans, uh, can you name the tag team, sir? Oh, sadly, I cannot. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Got him! We got one! You got the touch! You got the power! Ladies and gentlemen, that would be the Funkadactyls. Oh, oh! So I was gonna say the Funkadactyls. Oh, no, you weren't gonna say the Funkadactyls. It, Come on! It came Let to me. Let me have my moment of glory. It came to me, you know, while you on were a midnight speaking. clear. <laughs> as I was speaking, as soon as you said it, I knew it. <laughs> no, no, it's remarkable. No. It's remarkable. It's almost like it's Wait almost like you were making noise with your mouth, and I perceived it into my ear canal, and then my brain processed it simultaneously and created this understanding. I know it's it's weird, but I, ha it's I had a vision. You had a vision. Jeez, you know. Well, I remember. Let's just they cut this episode right now because we've peaked. I <laughs> 
I remember they they used to accompany um, the Funkasaurus, uh, Brodius Clay, I believe his name was Brodus Clay, mm-hmm. and uh, they were called the Funkadackles, but that's when they were like the dancers. I didn't realize that was their like tag team. Interesting. Uh, apparently, it was. Well, I'm, I mean, I am just totally taking this off of the internet. So I'm. I tip my cap I'm to you, sir. Taking the internet's word. You have stumped me. Doesn't happen every day, but you know what? I'll take it when it does. Uh-huh. All right. Well, let's dive right into. Uh, well, actually, do you want to do a week in geek, or do you want to go through our other not not necessarily regular segment, but our other segment that we're going to head for this week? Let's start with the chef's corner. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the damn refrigerator, eating up all the food. Yes, I think that's. Let's a start great with the idea. chef's corner because, unlike the week in geek, which is me and to some extent you, sir, rambling on about you know that which is sci-fi. I think last week we had a little bit of uh, culinary. Uh, what would you call it? Not Armageddon, but <laughs> the opposite of Armageddon. Uh, happiness. Happiness. Uh, you know. Joy? I mean, well, no. You, 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 I mean, I didn't. I didn't reciprocate by sending a, a picture. Place there. I didn't reciprocate by sending a picture, but but you send me a, a picture of a, a delightful little treat you made for yourself and your family on on Sunday. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So why don't you start? So uh, I found this. Uh, this is a kind of a roundabout way to find this, but so I I got. I'm late to the to the uh, to the Babish. You know, binging with Babish, the Babish Culinary Universe uh, channel on YouTube. I'm very late to the party, but that's kind of always been my mo for a lot of things. So I'm kind of comfortable with it now. I'm about ten years and behind you, my friend. So <laughs> I, well, hey, somebody got to be bringing up the rear. And um, so I saw one of these videos, and it was where he was making something from Parks and Rec. And so in Parks and Recreation, Ron uh, has the the menu where it's from JJ's Diner, and it is the four horse meals of the egg porkalypse. See, I and, wasn't far off with the Armageddon. It, well, yes. And so it was. it's like eggs and two kinds of hash browns and chicken fried steak and all kinds of, you know, mm. just you're not you don't care about cholesterol whatsoever. And so I said, all right, I'm not going to make all of that, but I've always wanted to ch- try chicken fried steak. And he, he showed how to do it, and I was like, all right, I think I can manage this. So made chicken fried steak with, uh, for the family with uh, gravy that's made from the actual like fry leavings mm. and fry grease. Oh. Oh, oh. It, was, oh. it was delightful. Oh, it's man. the kind of thing that just even thinking about it raises your cholesterol like 50 points. You yes. actually eat it. It goes up by like 500. But it turned out really well. So did that with some some mashed potatoes, some green beans. To, you know, The green oh. beans are what made it healthy. Balanced oh. out all the butter and grease from the rest of it. But oh my gosh, dude. The, the key is you double dredge or you double uh, batter. Yeah, yeah. So you, you you get it in the egg. Then you put it in the flour. Then you go back to the egg. Then you go back to the flour and yep. get like... I mean, the breading on this was, oh, it was, it was rolling deep. <laughs> it was, oh my gosh, I have never had anything like that. I've never had chicken fried steak before, but it's, oh, it was delightful. It looked, it looked posted, amazing. Looked amazing. I posted it on Twitter just because, you know, I felt like I needed some, mm-hmm. some attaboys. Yep. Because that's what I do. I go on the interwebs for approval, which is always a fool's errand. But <laughs> you nice. also had yourself some culinary adventures. 
Yes, and and I, I call this the the accidental surf and turf adventure, and I, and I say it this way for for now. For did you run way. over a lobster or something on the not quite <laughs> ride home? Oh not God. quite. So so we we from time to time will have uh, we'll take advantage of the the grocery delivery, mm-hmm. and we were getting a a drop from uh, from the local Whole Foods, and after it arrives, my wife informs me that well. It looks like they made a mistake with our order, and I'm thinking our order got screwed up. But aha, the gods were smiling upon us because it was not our order that was messed up, but someone else's. Ooh. To the tune of a lobster tail, a cluster of Alaskan king crab legs, and Damn. a rather nicely sized T-bone steak. Oh, to which I said, "Well, somebody got somebody got your order of bologna, crack mac and cheese, and they were pissed." <laughs> no, no, we we got all our stuff, and this was on this was over and above. So, so we we, and, we actually oh, got the bonus. Oh boy, we got the bonus. So the next evening, uh, basically boiled up the lobster tail and the crab legs, melted some mm-hmm. butter, and. Uh, my myself and 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 my two sons uh, had ourselves a bit of a, a seafood and meat extravaganza. Um, the the steak was huge. There you I go. Mean, this this was just a crazy sized steak. I was like, holy moly! And uh, there there's a, uh, a a rub that that I've uh, that I bought from our local butcher shop that I tend to go to when I uh, have my my grilling uh, my czar of char moments and. Uh, you put a little I was bit. I going to say you must be on a first name basis it, with those folks. You walk in and it's it's like cheers, They're like Dude! yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, yeah. So so you know, did a little dry rub on the steak and uh, that was fantastic. And then just uh, I got to say, crab meat a lot easier to get out of the shell than lobster meat. Yeah, I I, I was using the little uh, you, you know we I, I have the little lobster implements and I went into the leg there, the crab leg. And I spe- you know, I could tell I got some meat, and I went to pull it out, expecting a small chunk, and like the whole thing came out. I'm like, "This is mm-hmm. wonderful!" And then you just soak it in the butter. You let it sit for like you know 30 seconds. Let it absorb. You see the level of butter go down because it's all in the meat, and it's just like, "Oh." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so see, this is going to be heresy right here. But I mean, living in Maine, I I don't really, I don't really dig on lobster. I've turned down lobster before. Like I've actually sacrilege. It's so much work, and honestly, I've, I just, I don't care you that boil much about water. it. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll grant you this: the, the the longest amount of time, like it took a while to, to to cook the steak, obviously. But for the crab legs, it's all of five minutes of boiling, like like you you boil the water, you drop it in. I think I've had and, crab and legs, just, and those were pretty good. Yeah, you let it sit for five minutes, and then you pull them out. Yeah, it took me longer yeah. to boil the water than it did to cook the crab legs, because uh-huh. <laughs> I had to use a lobster pot, which is fine. Because because the legs were huge, they were massive. Yeah, it's the it's the lobster like the entire lobster experience. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong, I'll eat it. I yeah. mean, I'll I'll eat it, but it's not one of those things I go out of the way for, because there's so much effort, and you end up with like this little scrap of pile of meat that I'm like. Really, I just spent all that time wrenching this thing apart like a caveman. Because that's the other thing. Like it is, 
it really to me I, the thing is it, when people are just like oh no it's this and it's that and then it's like no you just really want to get in touch with your sadistic caveman side because let, let's face it would you bring someone would you bring someone to eat your house and be like oh yeah and by the way we're gonna kill and cook it right in front of you like we've got a cow we're gonna take a shotgun and blow its brains out right in front of you out in the back lawn then we're gonna butcher oh, Bessie and throw it right on the grill so mm-hmm. it's still warm from that and then we're going to toss it on the fire you just drop the lobster while it's still alive into the water and then you rip the thing limb from limb Uh and then it really just becomes an excuse to eat like an entire stick of butter without guilt that butter is and don't get me wrong i do enjoy it from time to time but Mm. i i've never been one of those people who's like craved it like oh i haven't had lobster in so long i'm like i could have a peanut butter and jelly and be just fine but the tail the 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 tail of the lobster is the most satisfying because it is not as complicated to get at and the meat is substantial like i felt like with the Mm. crab meat every single leg had the same kind of density and consistency of a lobster tail. Whereas if you have a lobster and you eat like the claws, the claw meat, depending on the lobster, mm-hmm. not quite as substantial. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and yeah, I'm and get, I, get, like, I am definitely one of those people okay that, and yeah. I'm definitely one of those people that doesn't mess with the legs. Like like I know like I have family members who, who like oh, to yeah. squeeze every little bit of meat out of those legs. I'm like, you know what? Give me the claws, give me the tail, that's all I'm interested in. <laughs> Yeah, they're essentially gnawing on like, yeah, yeah. like like a dog with an Orbi or something. You're like, for crying out loud, like you put some peanut butter in that, it'd be more satisfying. Yep. Yep. You know, oh, and then I've, I've known some people who they go right into the body and they start getting stuff out of there. I'm like, that just looks <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, that, I, I know. I'm good. That. No way. But I have yeah. to say, for for the summertime, I think uh, I think I'm incorporating some crab legs uh, moving forward into the the repertoire because having a you know a little bit of meat and and some some melted butter and some crab legs is just fantastic. A little slice. I of will not argue with you. A little slice. Of yeah, especially when it's accidental. <laughs> especially when it's it's a bonus. unexpected. Bonus. Ah, uh, so that is the chef's corner. Now that we've gotten the the now that I'm hungry again, thank you. Uh, why don't we dive into the week in geek and see what uh, sort of news that you've dredged up for us, sir? The week in geek. Feels so funky. Uh, the, this one will be a lighter one, uh, you know. We, and we've kind of talked about one of these already, but but we'll we'll bring it up again here. Uh, it's a little Star Wars tidbit. Uh, looking like uh, Mara Jade, uh, those of you who are familiar with the early 90s Thrawn trilogy of books that uh, kind of established the Grand Admiral as uh, one of the better villains, uh, or as Uncle Todd would call him, the more comp- one of the more competent Imperial uh, officers of the Empire. Um, no, the only, the only, the only competent officer we have yet seen. Yes. Uh, one of the characters from that uh, trilogy, uh, Mara Jade, who at one time was, as they call her, the Hand of the Emperor, she is uh, going to be making her way, uh, we believe, into, uh, if not the Mandalorian, some sort of uh, Star Wars television uh, vehicle here in the near future. It will be interesting to see if she ends up being part of the Luke Skywalker uh story part of the mandalorian you know in 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 the books not not the thrawn trilogy but the books that followed the thrawn trilogy 
Um, she does end up, uh, she and Luke end up falling in love and getting married and having children. Um, so it's, it's unclear if she will, you know, come in, uh, at some point tied to him or if potentially as they get into the Grand Admiral Thrawn piece of this with Ahsoka, if we will, uh, see her there and, and somehow have the two of them kind of, uh, you know, shack up, we'll, we'll have to see. There are some rumblings that Sebastian Stan of Winter Soldier fame from Marvel might be, uh, being tapped to uh, play Mr. Skywalker uh, moving forward since there's only so much you can do with uh, Mark Hamill at this point with CGI. So. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Luke, when, he, when, he, when you actually started seeing Luke, you notice he didn't move a whole lot. Yes. Because every, every, every single moment of screen time and movement is just dollars in <laughs> flying out the window. You know, after watching it a couple times, it, it, it I, you know, it kind of makes me think of Clark Terry's mumbles. <laughs> just the, watching his mouth go, it's like, it's like, don't move the mouth more than about a centimeter. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. so that's the Star Wars news. Little Mara Jade might be in our near future with uh with the uh with the Mandalorian or some of the the upcoming television shows that are coming. And then, uh, really, the now, se- second. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, hang on, hang on. So, did the, was there any further speculation on who would be playing said Mara Jade? Uh, there was, I forget if this article I have, so this is from InsideTheMagic.net. They usually have a bunch of good Star Wars stuff. There was someone who was named and is... Who, he, me, who, she don't leave up the foundation down. She that might have been the prior one that I had done in the week in Geek was who was going to play her, but I did not... Yeah, because you had mentioned... Um... Do you remember? Karen, Karen Gillan. Yes, you that, you're Karen right. That, that is who I mentioned. Yes. Which, I mean, as I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Amy Pond. Love me some Karen Gillan. I think she's a fantastic actri- actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I would have no, no problem with her playing the character. Yeah. On the other hand, I kind of, I wouldn't mind seeing someone from outside of the MCU sort of universe showing up in some of these where it feels like that's where Star Wars seems to be wanting to grab people like it yeah. seems like that's one of the first speculations like oh Robert Downey Jr. is going to be thrown and, yeah. you know, or me even going with Benedict Cumberbatch and I, 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 you know I'm sure there's some other actors out there who you know they need a little bit of work It'd be kind of nice to see them get, get some spots here right right I didn't know well, if there's any further speculation. No, no, not not in the article. So the, okay. the yeah, the only thing we've seen is what I had uh, uh, mentioned a few episodes back with uh, Karen Gillan, and that's that's pretty much a it's, it's kind of a short list for that character. There's there's about four people being named for the Thrawn character. So <laughs> yeah, but not, not for Mara Jade. 
Yeah, we kind of we kind of got the final answer on that one though, didn't we? We got um, what's his name, Mickelson. I think it's Lars Mickelson's going to be it. So, yeah. So whatever Robert Downey Jr. will be, uh, maybe he will be Talon Card, like you had mentioned. That'll be interesting. Could be. Who is who is an Interstellar with uh, McConaughey? The um, Anne Hathaway. No, she, uh, playing the older version of his daughter was that Jessica oh, Chastain. I think so. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. That would not be a bad pick from Mara Jade. Mm-hmm. I could I could roll with that one. I think that would be kind of a cool pick. I yep. I could see her bringing a little gravitas to the role. Yeah, definitely. Much like when Theron's name was uttered in the Mandalorian, just the prospect of you know, it's it's just interesting like for for me having read these books back in the mid 90s when they weren't very well known but we're becoming kind of the way Star Wars fans were still being connected to that universe. It's it's really interesting to see how some of that kind of behind the scenes or just I don't mean to say behind the scenes, but but you know for for being a book like not everyone knows about him and and not everyone understands mm-hmm. why those characters are so interesting and why when Thrawn's name got mentioned on the Mandalorian it's like oh my gosh, you know like not everyone knows that, so it's it's just it's kind of rewarding uh, in a way as a fan to to have been in touch with something that was a little bit outside kind of the mainstream, and and that's now going to be kind of absorbed because I believe, you know, as as we dissected you know several episodes back with Jimmy Dice, the the stories were were you know the books were were, were fairly good, a little bit of a weak ending, but um, you know Todd's favorite character is Luke with triple use because <laughs> when you make oh a clone gosh, you got to name so it the same mean. thing <laughs> yeah uh yeah, yeah. don't get me started on that anyways so Go that was the, uh, that episode for some quality rants uh-huh yeah I, I i think uh i think uncle todd added about five ten years to his life after venting on that one so Second one's really just more of a, hey, did you check out the new trailer for the Zack Snyder Justice League, and what'd you think? So not not so much mm. news, just uh, a little bit of an opinion piece. I did, and I did like zero research and compare and contrast, because it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Um, I did not see it in the theater, and I I, I know for sure I, I redboxed that bad boy a long time after it had been considered a new release. Uh, but even then, it's been a, it's been so long. I kind of put it out of my head, so I can't really tell how much new stuff there was in the trailer compared to the movie that I saw. Mm-hmm. And it might actually convince me to keep my HBO Max subscription for another month because I had canceled it. And I might renew it just so, just so I can see Justice League. Yeah, yeah. Because I love a good car wreck. Why not? Sure. And it, to me, though, the problem is, and it goes back a little bit to what you said the last time or not last time, but one of the other times when we talked about DC movies. Mm. And they kind of are are trying to play this up. It felt like the, the trailer is trying to take itself way too seriously and act like this is such a, a grand event and all that. It's like, dude, the reason why you're releasing this cut is because the movie sucked. Yeah, this this is round two. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just get that right out of the way. The movie sucks so bad that you're going back and recutting and adding to it to try and you know bring this up out of the gutter, let's not get too ahead of ourselves here, shall we? Yeah. Let's not act too grandiose. But it really felt like it was trying to make this seem like so huge and life-changing and all that. It's like, 
just tone it down a little bit. I mean, yeah. I know it's trailers. Trailers do that. It was kind of cool seeing. Uh, there was a few things that I was like, oh, I think that might be new. I think that might be new. If they tone down like Aquaman's broness a little bit, that might be a nice touch. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we get a little bit more development on you know Batman and and the characters themselves, again, that would be a nice touch. Yeah, interesting that we got to see the Joker at the end of it because uh, I I know for certain that's new. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that dude at all in that movie so i'm i'm interested i can't say that i'm optimistic or that excited but i'm interested i'll give it a watch yeah yeah still feels unearned to me i I mean watching the trailer it's just like Mm -hmm. i don't know i i still just i'm probably being too too hard on the product but it it just feels like they're 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 jumping they're they're trying to jump 10 years beyond where they really are you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. As we've talked about before, Marvel built to to what we got with Infinity War and Endgame, and those movies resonated because of all of the prior storytelling that happened leading up to it. And here, it's it's just trying to make there be like these life and death sort of stakes, you know, with with the you know the universe and the balance kind of thing. And it's just like, you know, we're coming off a of Wonder Woman eighty four. <laughs> like, I just don't, you know. It's, yeah. it's it's hard for me to, to feel invested in it and and you know not have it be I don't know I I feel like Marvel at least did a good job with all of their climactic battle scenes not having it feel like a complete rip off of a video game you know what I mean can't see that changing in in this one because the their their special effects always just seem to have the same sort of cheesy cheap look to them yes yeah. Well, and, and and they just take it to just a, a, such a it seems like such an obnoxious level. I mean, it's just like mm-hmm. it just feels very I, I don't know. You just kind of disconnect from it a little bit because it just seems like so out there. Um, mm. Now I say that in, you know you talk about like if you were to describe the the final battle with Thanos, I mean it, it sounds just as ludicrous. But I don't know. It just seemed to play out differently on the screen. Well, but you we'll also have to have how many movies going into that? Yeah. I mean, you had you had how many movies going into that, and and you 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 got to that point, like you said before, like the Wakanda battle was was huge, but yeah. then this elevated, like you went up there gradually, and DC really just hasn't managed to do that because they just haven't been able to get out of their own way. Yeah, I would agree. And that was, believe it or not, a shortened version of the Weekend Geek. <laughs> And this thing for the harness going it on, and the fun it on it all, and this thing for the spawn of the handy sky, for the spring, but the handy sky, and the handy sky. Peace and love. So we've got uh, episodes four, five, and six of WandaVision. Now, a little little disclosure to all of the all of the members of the free range congregation out there. Uh, we actually did talk about episode four. In our previous episode, however, uh, because life got in the way and uh, had to delay that episode a week, it seemed incredibly out of date, like yeah. tragically out of date. Uh, by the time we were we were going through it, so I, that just got wholesale cut from the episode. And you know what? You got a, a slimmer, trimmer episode for it. So rejoice, members of the congregation! Rejoice. I think it was Yay, still over two hours, though, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yay! Though I say unto thee, we did save you some time off of your life listening to us. So 
we're gonna kind of we're not gonna rehash a lot of stuff. Uh, we're just gonna t- let's see some what so our general thoughts are, and then uh, we have mm-hmm. a little little something something here that I think people will enjoy. Uh, but what were your th- overall thoughts on this three episode period here? I, I I I like the pace. I like that we've diverted in some ways, but have stayed still with the whole you know, kind of TV genre, you know, the, the, the sitcom genre approach as, as it kind of goes forward in time here um, mm-hmm. of seeing Wanda and Vision and what's going on with their family play out. Um, but four, 4 was really interesting because that was such a grounded episode in terms of completely pulling you out of that universe and returning you back into reality. I, I really enjoyed seeing... And, and I think they do a really, you know, they, they, they've done a very good job, they being Marvel, of showing you different angles through, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home, now through this, probably in, other, in, in future episodes uh, or, or movies, but, but seeing the repercussions of the snap, both the snap that Thanos mm. executed, which wiped out half of all life around the universe, and then the snap that Hulk then did to bring everyone back. And, you know, just just really mm. that that kind of plays out through these episodes in, in in different ways for different characters. Liked how they brought back a couple secondary characters in, in, in Jimmy Woo and, and Darcy, bringing them back um, to, mm. to play a role in this. I I, I, I definitely like uh, Darcy's character, you know, coming back and kind of giving you a little bit of the you know, kind of uh, sarcastic snarkiness of, of what, what she's, wa- you know, she, she's like us, you know, she's watching the show and, you know, th- there's that one point, I think in episode four yes. where some, I, I don't know, she, she notices the same kind of jumping that's going on that we do. And she's like, you know, she sees it and then, um, oh, the thing happens where, uh, where Wanda gets pregnant and she's like, you know what, I'm invested, you know, like it's just, <laughs> you know, like she, yeah. she, she's like really kind of like a, a proxy for us in, in, in a lot of ways. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just, you know, I, I, slowly they're peeling the onion back every episode, you know, a different layer. They're, they're not holding to, you know, I think episodes one and two where it was the right call to keep it very much to the sitcom thing and not reveal too much of what's going on out, you know, like outside in the outside world and then start to reveal it slowly in these episodes. And so I feel like, you know, with four, five, and six, mm-hmm. there, there's a little bit of ratcheting up you know, the tension, a little bit of ratcheting up. Okay. Vision's getting more, you know, onto the fact that things are not what they seem. He's trying to understand what's going on. You know, we, we have, uh, we have Pietro coming back, but not quite the Pietro that we remember, but the Pietro that we've seen in the eighties, you know, X-Men movies, uh, that, that have come out, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in the not too distant past for us you know, played by Evan Peters. So, so that was kind of cool. And that of course got the whole fan base fired up because everyone's thinking, this is how the X-Men are going to be introduced now into Marvel. And now we're not quite mm-hmm. sure, which we'll get to in, in, in our, in our segment following this. Um, I thought it was interesting in episode five, you know, Wanda has that moment where the, the, you know, her, her kid's dog, you know, dies and she has the statement like, you know, I can't bring back the dead. So we're still not entirely sure how vision is back. But he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, so Pietro returns. And then actually what I thought was really cool with five and six was just thematically how they were like, 
you know, these were shows that I remember watching, you know, like I watched Family Ties, I watched Growing Pains, and it was really funny to see an opener to a Mm -hmm. show that combined like both aspects of those shows and then layered Full House on top of it. You know what I mean? Like that whole intro was just so well done and and gave such a nice nod to to those, you know, iconic shows. I, I love the Malcolm in the Middle style of of episode six. You know, there, there was just a lot of good points, yep. but but <laughs> but each episode they're just ratcheting up the tension. You got Ty- Tyler Hayward, who's who's the government director there, who just slowly is becoming more and more of of kind of the villain for right now. So I I, I feel like the pacing is great. Um, they're, they're not taking ten episodes to get to the point of Vision finally questioning what's going on. I I think everything's just playing out at at a good pace. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see, see where it goes. Is this supposed to be eight or 10 episodes, by the way, for the season? Do you know? It's nine. Is it going to be nine? Okay. Nine episodes. Okay. Is it, is it so, just this season or are they going to do multiple? I believe it's multi-season. Okay. Right. I think, although now that I've said that, I'm realizing I have no facts or basis to back that up. That's just what I'm saying in my heart of hearts. <laughs> I, I, I want multiple seasons the of this show. The wants what it wants. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so what did you think, sir? Uh, I agree with everything you said and, and then some. I, I thought that um, one of my favorite things from this these three episodes was really the opening of episode four and, and, and seeing what that the moments of people coming back from the blip was like. Um, I love how they, in this show, which again, we... I, I don't know what people's expectations were. I kind of had my expectations a little bit low because every other Marvel show that they've done before, of course, was all, you know, Netflix shows and things like that. And even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they never really dealt with the stuff that was happening in the movies. It was all peripherally related and they kind of, they referenced it, but it was never directly. It was Mm. indirectly. And they have done so much in this show to reference the movies and to really tie it in. And that whole thing of bringing people back from the blip, that's the best, that is the most we've seen of that. You know, I mean, because in, in far from home, it was just like, it was, it was played for a gag, like the marching band showing up in the middle of a basketball game. And that was, you know, like, ah, but in this, it really shows you the emotional, kind of cost of what that is mm-hmm. and how confusing and, and what that must have been like and how it must have been almost as terrifying as what you know as as people disappearing was like yeah. you know what I mean of course it also makes me wonder like hey all those people who blipped out on an airplane did they come back at altitude or did right. they come back on that same plane or how yep. does that work because that would really suck at 30,000 feet you're all of a sudden you're like hey I'm back ah yeah, you know, hopefully I know. you at least have some, you know, peanuts or something that you can, you know, take with you on the ride down. But, yeah. you know, that was interesting to me. I really liked the moment of zombie vision in at the end of episode four because mm-hmm. that was just a note I really didn't expect. Episode five, where you know, like you said, the the eighties, nineties, you know, family ties, growing pains, sort of thing was like, oh my gosh, I remember this. Like how did how did they used to make sitcoms with like this much of a depressing theme song and we would actually watch it? Like yeah. I felt like I felt like I needed an antidepressant after I watched just the first thirty seconds. <laughs> I was like, Good lord, was that was that a different time or what? But that whole thing with Agnes, like, you know, should I take it back from the top? 
Right. And and vision like I like how you put it like it, it we're not waiting until the end of the season to get vision starting to clue in like it's happening more and more. Mm-hmm. And then even in this in episode five where uh, Wanda's trying to end the episode and vision keeps on fighting over the credits. Yes. Yes. And then you get their little Peter Pan act where they're both like whoop, and they both like elevate and stuff, which, uh, yeah. you know, Kevin Smith basically said like. And in his review of it, he's like, it's not that great of a special effect. It's just two people on wires. But in, in that context, like, you're like, <gasps> yeah. you know, like, it seems like this big thing. That was really cool. And, of course, you know, the 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 next to last episode, or the next to last, the episode six, the most recent, was, I thought it was really good just because after you get Pietro back, then he starts playing this really weird sort of character. Like mm-hmm. he's the he's the the kind of the the weird uncle and all of that, and he has all the powers and he's a fun uncle. And then, but the way he's playing it with Wanda is like he understands what's going on. Yeah, yeah. There's there's there, there's something questionable going on with him. Yeah. So that's a, that's a little bit weird there. And then you know just uh, yeah everything that happened in episode six was just like oh my gosh. It was another one of those episodes where I felt like. Uh, it was the same as the the episode of Mandalorian that uh, Robert Rodriguez directed, mm. where it moves so damn quick. I felt like it only I, when the credits started rolling. I'm like, that's it. Yeah. Was this episode only 15 minutes this week? Like what? Ha-? And then I look. I'm like, no, that was a half hour. Like that can't have been a half hour. Yep. It just moved right along, just one yeah. thing into another. But yeah, overall, just so good. And 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 the pacing is is like Marvel just knowing, we got you. You're gonna watch it. You're gonna like it. We're gonna take our time, mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna mess with you a little bit. And damn it, maybe it's my sadistic side, but I kind of I respect him for that. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you've got me. You got me. The the thing I find so interesting too is like what you just said about how how short the episode kind of or how quickly you know things just just happened. You know and. Mm-hmm. And we keep forgetting, like, most of these episodes have only been 25 or 30 minutes, and yet look at all the ground they're covering, and look at how well they're oh. covering it. Yeah. You know what I mean? A like very like we, we're efficient storytelling. Against, you know, the Justice League because of the fact that they're just not telling very concise and, and, and not building up to, to the story the right way. And here it's just like, you know, it's just a credit to Marvel. They've, they've built all of this lore through all of the movies and now you have a show like this where they can draw from this stuff and have it be meaningful you know and and so i i've really enjoyed that and and it's been really interesting to see these aren't one hour episodes where they're packing in a bunch of stuff and telling a whole lot of story in in 60 minutes i mean it's you know 30 maybe 25 minutes and yet they've covered an amazing amount of ground so yeah so i i find that interesting i i want to point out too with episode six i i thought it was interesting um a lot of good movies and good shows don't have to over-explain things, you know? And what I mm-hmm. appreciated in, in Six was they, they, they let the visual speak for itself. Vision makes his way out of, we'll call it the hex, and he starts to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. So it becomes very clear mm-hmm. that the vision we're seeing isn't really a vision that can exist in the world that we're aware of. You know what I mean? Like there's something mm-hmm. that is... He, he's inextricably tied to this this hex now and no one had to explain it. it it just happened you saw it and you're like okay I get it he he's he's he doesn't have a good end if he tries to break out of this thing so now mm-hmm. that's gonna be a problem 
because he knows there's something out there and he can't do anything about it. So it'll be interesting to see what comes in, in the next few episodes between him and Wanda. Yeah, and I think in just to add to what you're saying about concise storytelling and, and compelling storytelling, I think it's important to just remember, like, you can have a four-hour, well, not let's say four hours. I'm picking four hours because apparently Justice League is four hours and some change because, yeah, apparently editing isn't a thing anymore. But you can have, like, a two-and-a-half, three-hour movie, and it can be compelling. And you can be engaged the whole time. And it goes like when we reviewed the Rumble, like the, the Royal Rumble matches an hour long, really. Yeah. Yeah. But can be but if, if they if it's told in a in the right way, it can be compelling and you're engaged the whole time. And it doesn't feel like you're just like, Oh my gosh, when's this gonna end? Mm-hmm. Like the first match, even though that was only like three and a half minutes long. I've been thinking to myself, when the hell is this thing gonna end? <laughs> But it's it if it's that balance yeah. of you have to get the right amount of information, the right amount of drama. You have to put in the work to to get the characters to where you're you're engaged with them and you're interested and you care about them. And if you go too heavy on one and too light on another, all it's like baking. You yeah. know, you can kind of slap something together when you're cooking because cooking is art, and you can kind of make things work on the fly. Baking is some science, and and when you're doing a show like this, this is some science. Like there's some serious you know, balancing your going on. You add baking powder instead of baking soda, you're gonna have a real bad time. You know? Yeah. That's and that's sort of the thing here. Like I think they're they have such a and one of the things that Marvel does so well is they find the right balance between the dramatic, the emotional, the action. They manage to balance all of these things together so that they get this product that just comes out and it's like, oh, oh, this is lovely. How come everyone can't do this? Well, that's why it's so good is because everyone can't do this. Right, right. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, one other point I wanted to call out from episode five that I enjoyed was... Uh, yes, sir. When uh, Tyler Hayward and, and his and his goons send a drone in to basically take out Wanda. And what subsequently yeah. happens after that is is hysterical because... <laughs> As as can I we, put can in, we just, can we just first of all, can we first of all just deal with the fact that this guy is this dumb that like this woman has mentally taken over all of the people in this town, created this big force shield, is doing all these things, and I'm gonna send in this little rinky-dink drone with mm-hmm. a missile on it, with a little firecracker on it, and that's gonna take her out. Really? Yep. You can't fix stupid. You know, it's 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 like Morgan Freeman in Batman. Good luck. <laughs> and it didn't it didn't go well for him, did it? No. And and that's what was funny was was just seeing her kind of walk out and and be in her you know normal kind of garb that we remember um, when she talks to him and you get the the hint of her accent coming back. So there there's something yes different about her when she leaves this 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 hex was was interesting but but as i put in the note uh wanda comes out and and she she layeth the smack of the down on him uh it, it, was, it was pretty funny it goes from uh you know all guns on her to all guns on him and and she just turns around and just kind of is like which See ya! <laughs> which if we all remember remember our extended marvel universe lore the original X-Men movie, Magneto does the exact same thing with mm. all their puny weapons. Yep. And uh, in in some version of the canon, Magneto is uh, is uh, Wanda and, well, actually, I don't know if it was just Pietro 
or if it was Wanda and Pietro, because I think in the X-Men universe, they were different ages. Okay. But I believe in, in one of the various timelines, he's their dad. And the fact that all those guns swing around, I was like, oh, right. where have I seen this before? Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that when she drags that out, it reminded me, because again, apparently like Disney Plus, uh, like after you watch each episode of WandaVision, it's like, you may also want to watch Age of Ultron. And if you remember <laughs> in the party scene at Avenger Tower, Rhodey's trying to tell his war machine story and he's like, yeah, and I grabbed the tank, brought it up to the front door and I was like, boom, you drop this. That's essentially what Wanda does with like, oh, mm-hmm. your drone? Yeah. I think you might have misplaced this. Yeah. You yep. know, it, it like, oh, that's kind of a weird sort of callback-ish sort of thing to that movie that, you mm-hmm. know, kind of lines up a little bit. Oh, yeah. She was such a badass in that in that moment. And again, just Elizabeth Olsen. My goodness. So, so good in this mm-hmm. and, and has been given so much to work with and just the the range of what she's doing is fantastic. I I'm loving every moment of it. Yep. And and the the you know, the episode title which is uh about Monica Rambeau, I think, you know, her character and and the way that mm. her character is kind of getting built up, you know, having this sort of empathy for for what uh Wanda is you know, trying to understand that Wanda's probably not doing this stuff out of malicious intent and and trying to figure out a way to connect with her was was you know just fantastic i think they're building to something happening with her because now that she's passed through this barrier twice now they're they're you know in episode six you know darcy's like your uh cells have been reconstructed at a genetic level there's there's something different with you you know if you go through that again i don't know what's going to happen you know sort of thing so they're they're building to something with her so that'll be interesting I think this is how we're going to wind up with, uh, I think her her alter ego is Photon. I think this is how we get there. All right. All right. Which will be will be awesome. Yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think it's easy to say, both of us, uh, a thumbs up on, on WandaVision thus far. I can't find much to complain about, man. It's, it's, it's been a delight every single episode. It really has. It, and it's really hard to find anything to, to complain about because it's just been you know, just really well done storytelling and, and just, you know, nice chunks of story that build on top of each other week to week. And, you know, just, just curious to see it. And, and you can't predict where it's going to go. You, you don't know exactly where it's going to go. Yeah. No. And the thing is, I feel bad because you don't want to compare Mandalorian to WandaVision. You really don't because no. they're so different and it's two different universes and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or is it? I mean, hey, maybe we'll see Baby Yoda show up in this. I have no freaking idea anymore. I've, it could I've happen. given up. Could, could. You know, this is the way. But who knows? Uh, it's you know. But it, it's it's another example of like, hey, if you just put your mind to it and and put the talent and the and the time and the effort into it, man, TV can be so compelling, mm-hmm. especially right now where. You know, obviously, you know, going to a movie theater is not something that most people are willing to do. And this is a great way to do this. And oh, my gosh, just like owning social media for three or four days as people talk about this nonstop. And then it's almost time to start talking about what are you going to do this week? You know, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. So, of course, now that leads into the fact that there are about a trillion and one rumors as to what is going to happen next with WandaVision. Yes, there are. Almost started like immediately as the opening credits rolled on episode one. So, 
we are going to do we are going to do a little something different. We uh, if, if for those of you who uh, who follow the Iron Sheik on Twitter, <laughs> and if you don't, good lord, what is wrong with you? Why are you not like if even if you're not on Twitter, national treasure that man. Go get yourself a Twitter account, and if you follow no one else, just follow the Iron Sheik, because, damn it, it oh, it's just wonderful. And so, uh, but he he'll do this thing every so often where he'll post and he'll be like, "Hey, is uh, is this the real or jabroni?" And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through some rumors, and we're gonna we're gonna find out if they are the real, or if they're jabroni. Superxim. Put him in a camel clutch, make him humble, treat him as smart So let's lead this off right, uh, right off the top. Tyler Hayward, the, the acting director of S.W.O.R.D., is really Ultron disguised as a human, and I'm guessing it's either going to be uh, he's managed to fake everything, or he's essentially Ultron in a skin suit a la, like, Men in Black, uh, the cockroach wearing an Edgar suit. Ah. If you remember, if you want to go way back, again, our grand tradition of like references that were, you know, cute like 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, Tim, uh, Tyler Hayward as Ultron, is this the real or jabroni? Uh, can you give me a little background on how they're thinking Ultron could have pulled this off? Because I, I thought he was completely eliminated by vision. Or, or was he? Well, and that's the thing. I don't. I don't know how they would necessarily do that part of it. But apparently, in one of the uh, animated Avengers series that's been around here and there, uh, there was a character who is similar to Tyler Hayward because Tyler Hayward does not exist in the comic books. Mm. He is a whole cloth creation for WandaVision. But apparently, there is a character who is kind of close to him in this show, and turns out. Ultron disguised himself as the guy, and that's how he enters into that show. So there is a bit of a precedent for it, if not in the comics, but in an animated show. Okay. So I don't know exactly how all that works, because quite honestly, I barely made it to our show in the first place tonight, let alone to do any research. So <laughs> that's why I put down, he's he might be wearing an Edgar suit. Who knows? Uh... I'm gonna go uh, the jabroni on this one. I I don't think this is really gonna be. I I just think Hayward's just got some ulterior motive to try to weaponize Vision or something like that. He he seemed awfully interested in getting his hands on Vision as as, as Vision came out of uh, the hex and he was tracking the you know his, his vibranium signature or whatever it is you want to call it. I think that's his motive. So I'm I'm gonna go with the jabroni. What what about you, sir? I'm 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 gonna have to make you humble on this one, sir. I I think this is the real. I I think part of the reason why he is so intent on getting a hold of Vision is that was gonna be his body. Mm-hmm. He was gonna be he was gonna use Vision, and that was how he was gonna become all powerful. So I think I think that's why he's so interested. Because the other thing is, like some of his reactions are very much like lashing out, sort of like Ultron was. If yes. you remember in that in that movie, there were t- especially. <laughs> Especially when he went after, um, oh my gosh, uh, Ulysses Claw, and just sliced the dude's arm off mm-hmm. by accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. as you do when you're, you know, a madcap, you know, maniacal <laughs> robot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, accidents happen. You can't make an omelet without slicing off a few arms. Isn't that how the it, saying goes? It could happen. Sure, sure. Why not? So, yeah, I, I think if it's not the real, it's a damn good possibility. All right. All right. 
All right, and so our next rumor and uh, theory would be something happened to all the kitties in Westview. Now, this one is a little bit more explanation heavy. So one of the thoughts uh, in this theory is that all of the kids in Westview, or I'm sorry, all of the adults in Westview were part of the blip. Okay. They all they all disappeared, which left all the kids by themselves. Mm. And then something bad happened, and then all the kitties went away. So part of the idea is that maybe the adults were willing to be under the influence of Wanda in order to have their children brought back in some sort of illusionistic way. It's weird. It is. What do you think? Is it, it is. Is it the real or is it jabroni? Well, it is kind of interesting that the kids all of a sudden come out of the woodwork in episode six. I don't think we saw kids before that, did we? No, and and that's one of the things that Pietro points out. He's like, "Oh, they must have all been home sleeping in their beds or something like that." And and now that you now that I actually have gone through this theory, the way that he said that is very creepy to me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know that ain't really what it was. Like, oh, ooh, I don't I don't know if I like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was also the person who said, "Oh no, it's not Vision's dead body. They would never do that." Well, it kind of looks like it is. <laughs> A little bit. I was wrong. A little bit. No, but as you said earlier, it's interesting that that you know the, the Pietro character is, is pointing these things out. You know, like just calling out. Like it, it, it's interesting because whenever Vision wants, it seems like in the early episodes, whenever Vision calls out things that seem off, Wanda is always trying to distract him or or, mm-hmm. or get him back on point. Pietro spends all this time just pointing stuff out, and she engages him on it. You know, like like it's almost like, yeah. OK, I'm willing to talk with you about it because you're not the one I'm trying to, like, you know, save and be with. You know, it's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this one, I. Uh, I know very little about this rumor, but after hearing your high level summary, I I'll, I'll give it the real. I, <laughs> I, I think that'd be interesting <laughs> that there's some sort of twisted story behind this that has resulted in some some chicanery, some shenanigans, if you will, where where the kitties just are uh, gone and then appear all of all of a sudden. So uh, I'll, I'll go with the real on this one. If you count that as a high level summary, you've got low standards, sir. Hey, man, y- you gave me some that, context. You gave me some context. <laughs> hey, I'm glad for the low standards because otherwise you wouldn't be on this podcast. You would have, you would have said no to it immediately. <laughs> you almost had fizzy water come out your nose. I, I did see that one. That there, was, there was, that was I had to hold the Pellegrino back. <laughs> Thank goodness for video on that one, ladies oh and gentlemen. Oh my gosh! Good lord! You'll never see this, but it's endlessly amusing to me. I've got a new toy. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Jabroni on this one. Ah, I, okay. I, I think that's just a little too weird. Yeah. And probably it's just I don't want to think about it. So that's that's it's probably going to be what it is. And there, it'll be there's really enough creepy. weird going on <laughs> that you don't yeah. need this layered on top of it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's mostly a Jabroni wishful thinking yes. sort of thing. All right. All right. But that little punk... All right, next, uh, next theory slash rumor. The use of tritones in the WandaVision, WandaVision theme song hints at Mephisto. So, so what is meant by tritones? Can, can I get a high-level summary on this one? Uh, well, so I'm not the right person. to. I'm not a music theory kind of person, but a tritone is basically um, 
it, it was, I forget what it was, it was like called the Devil's Interval or something like that. Like for a long time, like in church music, mm. you were not allowed to use that. Like it was considered mm. an unholy, you know, an unholy sound. Oh, okay. Uh, which is why you would look at it as Mephisto, because essentially Mephisto as a character is, represents, you know, the devil mm. in the Marvel Universe. So yeah, I there is actually uh, an example of it. I think it's... Well, um, and, and, and let me ask this. When it, you say theme song, is it the song that plays at the end of the episode? Because it doesn't seem like it would happen in the beginning when they're playing like the Growing Pains, Family Ties kind of theme. It's the opening theme. Uh, and I guess each opening theme has utilized tritones, uh, which aren't very oh. particular, uh, which I'm quoting now from the article. Uh, they aren't particularly popular in modern music. Okay. Um, it was a... Uh, it was the devil music, was what it was called in the 18th century, late oh. Middle Ages. Um, it's essentially one half step away from a perfect fifth. Okay. So what do you think? Is this the real hint at Mephisto through the, through the subtlety of opening music, or is it jabroni? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> wow, you really took a stand on that one. I think I'm going to go the jabroni on this one. I haven't noticed it. Yeah, you know I mean, like I'm like I feel like Pietro and and the way he's acting, and and we'll get to this in a little bit, but I I feel like that's more of a clue into Mephisto than the music would be. Yeah, I it's mean, kind of a granted, they 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 are like into a lot of Easter egg sort of territory with this show. Mm -hmm. But I'm I, I'm this is where my contrarian nature kind of comes out because apparently like ever since like the first episode people have been like oh my gosh that's Mephisto mm. oh my gosh that's Mephisto oh my gosh that's like uh, people apparently have this incredible urge to want to every character to turn out to be Mephisto <laughs> and so in my mind I'm like you know what I hope he ain't in the show just because I want all these people to be wrong because that's just the kind of person I am apparently in, down in the deep dark lump of coal that is my heart so I'm going to say Jabroni even though I do think that if they were going to do that they would totally hint at it through the music I mean look at look at what they've look at what this these people do. Look at what they've they've done in movies and everything else and the layers that they're adding to this. Of course they could totally do it. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying Jabroni to be a contrarian. <laughs> well more power to you, my I friend. I mean there's there's no money on the line, so I don't no. <laughs> feel like. I mean, if I was betting my college, my kid's college fund on it, I'd probably go with the real. But it's I not, just want to be It's not like Cheeky's going to put you in the camel clutch if you get it wrong. You know what I mean? You, you never know. Well, he might. You know, I mean, he make you humble, I, suplex you, and he, make he, you humble. He's, he's more looking to, to fight Hogan again. So, I don't know if he wants to fight Hogan. I think he just wants to sneak up on him and hit him with his cane. <laughs> I mean, that would be the heel move, right? I mean, why go face to face with him? That is true. That is true. Just, you know, actually, just hit him in the back of the legs with a cane, which for Hogan right now would probably be enough to knock him down, then get him in the camel clutch. He's got to do it dumb and dumber style, you know, like just run it from behind, just whack him. Yeah. <laughs> he was a punk. Hey, you know, cheap oh. heat is still heat. That's right. All right. That's so right. next up, the hex around Westview is an interstellar and interdimensional jump point. Is this the real or is it jabroni? Before I give you my my answer, may, may I just say yes. it was de just delightful to, to see the phrase jump, jump! in here from from B from BSG. You know, I mean, I'm just I'm just like, <laughs> are we dialing up the FTL? Are we spooling up the FTL here, baby? You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, 
I, yes. I'm going to go the real on this one. I want you to plot a jump. Do it all by yourself. Don't tell anyone else. Starbuck, hit it! Jump! You remember back in the miniseries, like that was considered a big deal. Like, yes. you know, the first jump that they made was like, you don't want to do this and all that. Mm-hmm. And then by the, the first episode of the first season, like they're making a jump every 33 minutes. Yes. Like, well, so much for that jump thing yeah. being a big deal. Now it's old hat. Like, pretty sure we got this one wired. Yeah. Just got to suck it up and deal with it. <laughs> yep. So uh, what were you going to say this one was again before I so rudely interrupted? Uh, I, I was going with the real on this one. I, I, I could see this very well being the case. There, there There is just some funkiness going on with this hex. And even though Wanda has the ability to push the boundaries of it, it just seems like there's there's something odd going on. So I'd buy into that. Why not? You know, especially if, if this is going to be the launching point into potentially some other things. Um you know that that we have yet to talk about, but uh, yeah, I I think it's very reasonable given the nature of what we're seeing here. So uh, I'll I'll go with the real. Yeah, I'm also going to go with the real because the the other reason that I've heard is that the hexagonal shape refers to uh, infinity stones, which. I don't know. Like, it's that's another Mephisto thing. Like, everybody is saying that everything represents a, uh, an Infinity Stone, mm-hmm. which at a certain point to me reminds me of high school when, when you when we read the you know Lord of the Flies, and your your teacher tried to tell you, oh, there's 32 levels of meaning to the to this story, and I'm like, right, okay. There's there's like probably one or two that the author intended, and then there's a whole bunch that a lot of people have sat there picking their nose thinking about for the past 25, 30 years, <laughs> and they've read into it. I think that's one of those things. Yeah. I think that it being a jump point is a much more logical reason for the for the actual shape, you know, and the and the fact that those were all hexagonal shapes, you know, in space. I think that relates a lot closer than it representing the Infinity Stones. Ooh, ooh. You know what we need to see now? What? If this is really an interstellar and interdimensional jump point, we get Edward James almost. We get the XO. I know he's not at 100%. But you know what we do? The Adama maneuver? We do the Adama maneuver in the hex, oh. baby. <laughs> Kevin Feige, please. I've, I don't ask you for much. I really don't. I've never asked you for anything because, honestly, you don't know who the hell I am. But please, picture this sweet scene. God, make this Vision. happen. <laughs> In, in a point of confusion, looks up at the sky and says, what in God's name is that? <laughs> All hands, brace for turbulence. Mm-hmm. And then comes down, then, and then you hear the, the Irish music swell. <laughs> up to 99,000 falling like a rock. And that's how we get oh, Starbuck yep. in the MCU. That's right. Well, it's not any different. Done and done. She will have hit the trifecta. Oh, Katie Sackoff, three major franchises. Boom. Book it. I don't know if I don't know if the I don't know if the MCU is ready for Starbuck, honestly. <laughs> I really don't. It's like it's like oh. an even crazier version of, of Tony Stark, just with a lot less money. Mm-hmm. Because of respect, my sport, and respect to Mr. McMahon. You're a professional. A professional. Uh, all right, so next up, next rumor slash conspiracy theory is that the new Pietro is actually Mephisto. Is this the real or Jabroni? I'm going all in on the real. 
I think there's something. Whoa! There, 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 really? there, there is something sketchy about him, and I think mm. they're playing with the with us, the fans. Because let's be honest, with, with one division, there, there's a lot of rumors around it that it's going to lead to, um, it's going to have some sort of tie-in to the the next Doctor Strange movie, which is all about the the you know the multiverse of madness or the madness of the multiverse, and mm. I think it would be fitting to have them mess with us a little bit by bringing Evan Peters in to play Quicksilver, who he played as an X-Man, but just have him come in and end mm-hmm. up actually being Mephisto instead. And and I believe one of the properties of Mephisto is that he can basically liken himself to anyone, you know, so so that he, he can he can confuse and I believe and, so, yeah. And uh uh and trick. And you know, as you had pointed out, his character in episode six spends a lot of time pointing out all the things that just don't seem to be right. And, you know, I mean, even as something as silly as saying to Wanda is like, oh, yeah, what what happened to your accent? Where's my accent? You know, like it's just one of those goofy mm-hmm. things where he, he's just kind of bringing up all of the weird inconsistencies. And she's just and she's talking to him about it, but it's not it, it's just different. It's like she's not trying to hide anything with him. Yeah. So how about you, sir? Uh, on this one, I'm going to say this is jabroni, if only because I, I I think it's more, there's a related theory to this that says that um, that Pietro could actually be a mole for Mephisto, ah. which I think might be more the case in the fact that it might be almost like one of those deals where we have the two nebulas uh, in Endgame, mm-hmm. where you know he's brought from another dimension and then eventually he's going to turn... You know he's kind of a bad guy, but now he's gonna he's gonna wind up being a good guy mm-hmm. as everything kind of comes in from other universes. That's kind of what I think. I could totally be wrong because I mean it would that would actually that would be a really great way to get to Wanda. Yeah. Because um, yeah. obviously, even though like, hey, you look different and you don't have your accent and all this, but hey, somehow I'm just gonna say that you're my brother. All right. And and yeah. everybody's okay with this. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit more likely. So I think the fact that he, him being Mephisto, I again kind of the contrarian taking over. Like, no, everything can't be Mephisto. Like I'm sure there was someone who's like, when they had the dog in that episode, like the dog is Mephisto. I'm sure there was some theory that started hitting the internet five seconds after the dog showed up. Yeah, you know that tulip, that bed of tulips is Mephisto. Okay, just calm down, Sparky. It's everything and everyone can't be Mephisto. Go out there and make me money. <laughs> yeah. Draw me money. <laughs> and I didn't do it because for the God and Jesus and Mr. McMahon. Um, all right. So uh, then uh, next up, we have Tyler Hayward is the MCU's version of Striker. The real or Jabroni? Well, I, I went jabroni on the Ultron thing. I guess I'll go the real on this. I mean, he, he is definitely uh, getting into jabroni territory in terms of his behavior and attitude. But uh, I, I don't think uh, this rumor is jabroni. I, I think he is going to be their version of, of, of that striker character. He, he just he seems to have some ulterior motive, some, some motivation going on that does not seem uh, to be of a pure uh, place and so uh, I, I I think he is, you know, falling in that that kind of line as as the striker character. What say you, sir? I'm kind of split on this one because I want to say I want to say the real. Actually, no, because I said uh, 
I said he could be Ultron. So you know what? I'm going to go with Jabroni. That just, I resolved it myself. I'm glad I could solve that in real time. The laws of um, logic dictate, based on your prior yes. response, that you must go this way. <laughs> and mostly because I would like to see the, the, the Striker character come in, because then that also means we have a chance at Wolverine mm. um, coming in from another, another MCU. Because really, <laughs> you don't get Wolverine without Striker. Right. And so that kind of all has to, to work together somehow, some way. I just had a funny thought, though. If you're saying Hayward is the MCU's version of Stryker, so he, he has mm. the same sort of you know characteristics, it would be kind of funny if Wolverine just jumps in and just you know smacks him. <laughs> it's like, you jerk! <laughs> and then just jumps out. Snick, snick. <laughs> yeah, Hugh Jackman makes like a 30-second cameo. That's it. Just for that. That's right. It would almost be as good as uh, an X-Men first class. Did you, because you've never seen, have you ever seen any of the X-Men movies? I, I watched the, the three from the late 90s into the early 2000s, that trilogy, and I, I never watched the ones that followed. Okay. First class and Days of Future Past are well worth your time. Okay. All right. They're, they're very well done. Uh, James McAvoy and, uh, and Michael Fassbender, terrific terrific as as professor x and magneto and that's saying a lot because i mean patrick stewart and uh and um ian mckellen i mean they're no slouches mm -hmm. i mean they if unless i'm mistaken they both have a sir in front of their name and they just don't hand them out for nothing mm -hmm. um so th both of them are, are are very good proper english actors and uh and these two gentlemen uh, managed to pull it off really well yeah uh, but the but the other characters involved are, are very good as well but yeah, in and in first class, you get a little, you get a Hugh Jackman um, cameo, which is lovely. Nice. <laughs> and nice. then, um, and then uh, in Days of Future Past, you get a lot more of of uh, of Hugh Jackman as well. But yeah, uh, yes. So yeah, I answered that right. I believe you said the jabroni because by the yes. laws of okay. logic, you said it has to be Ultron, so he cannot also be Striker. Gosh, I'm still thinking about chicken fried steak. I'll be real honest with you right now. I really wish there was leftovers. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, my wife decided to give away our leftovers. I'm like, why? Why? I bought extra. Damn you and your generosity. Um, all right, next up. Jake Otta, boy. Let me go. Let me go yell at some clouds for a minute, mm -hmm. and I'll feel better. Make him humble. So uh, next up, next rumor slash conspiracy theory, Monica's aerospace friend is Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. The real or Jabroni? Well, I have read some uh, similar rumors around this. I have read that they are looking, uh, that there are ways that they're looking to bring in X-Men and Fantastic Four. So... I am going to say the real because uh, this franchise may be the launching point for all of these other franchises. And so uh, I think it would make sense if they wove it in in this manner. So I will say the real. I will agree. Um, it is, I think it is. this is the real. This is a great way for them to, to bring the Fantastic Four in, especially considering, I mean, this is all taking place in Jersey. Fantastic Four in the Marvel Universe dwell in New York City, mm -hmm. so it would uh, it would make sense proximity wise that this would uh, this would happen. And also, I mean, this would be a way for you know to also explain Sword why they are not doing manned missions to outer space anymore mm -hmm. because that's where that's where you have the Fantastic Four come from, cosmic rays. I mean, if we're sticking with 
what traditionally is the Fantastic Four story and not what Fant Forstick did, which is just an abomination, which the only reason it should be pointed out is because it's just wretched. That's the only reason we should even pay attention to it is just as a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to go with the real on this. I think it'll be interesting. And um, the weird thing is with the Fantastic Four, apparently from some of the, the little rumors that I've seen, which again... It's on the internet, so it's either got to be true or it's complete bull. Yes. So apparently uh, Marvel, according to some of these websites, wants Jessica Alba back as Sue Storm. Really? Which would then create a real interesting thing because uh, then, of course, you have Reed Richards, who um, I forget the actor who played him. I don't think the actor who played him was was bad at all. I mm-hmm. think I think he was, he was pretty good. You would then have Michael Chiklis as the thing, mm-hmm. which... I, I got no problems there. However, you're then in the very odd position of Chris Evans also being Johnny Storm and Captain America. Uh-huh. Which, quite honestly, I'm up for that level of weirdness. Like, if you want to bring a de-aged Chris Evans in on this, yeah. And sure. just for that awkward moment of Wanda being like, don't I know you from somewhere? And especially, especially Vision, like, do we know each other? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that would be interesting. That I don't would. think that's going to happen. There's apparently there's also a, a rumor that um, Emily Blunt and who's her husband, the guy who's uh, John Krasinski. Yes, apparently there's been a huge groundswell of support for them playing the Richards, is mm. uh, which I'd be okay with that as well. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay if it was two, you know, two schmucks I've never even heard of. Quite honestly, I'm just I'm ready for a Fantastic Four movie that doesn't suck. That's what I'm ready for. <laughs> That's produced by the right Marvel people. Good lord, yes. I mean, to this day, right now, there's been three Fantastic Four movies. The first two, and then Fant Four Stick, and still the best Fantastic Four movie is The Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> As Metallica says, sad but true, ladies sad and gentlemen. Sad but true. Don't hate me. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Hate the game. Absolutely. Uh, all right. That's so next funny. up, uh, well, actually, another another twist on that was, uh, and I'll try and I'll try to remember to put some of these articles that we're grabbing these rumors from in the show notes. But another uh, uh, piece in that was that uh, the aerospace engineer could have also been, um, shoot. Where, um, where, 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 where are you? Shoot, I can't find it. So I'll just Captain Marvel. I'll just hope for the best. It was a. Uh, it could be Riri, the 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 girl who is Ironheart. Oh, which okay. sounds very very a long shot to me because if they're going true to kind of the origin of that character, she would be very young. Although then again, if if this is taking place. She would have encountered Tony Stark at some point, so maybe she's old enough that she actually is an aerospace engineer. Because mm. the whole story being that she creates her own Iron Man armor in like her MIT dorm room or something like that. Okay, that was a rumor, but apparently uh, Monica said he. So it's going to be a dude. So Reed Richards would be the leading candidate. All right. So so it wouldn't be Captain Marvel. I mean, I guess Captain Marvel isn't an aerospace engineer. She was a pilot. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. And also another another interesting thing was a, a weird little side note is a, there's a theory that the reason why Captain Marvel has the short hair in Endgame mm. is because uh, she shaved her head in solidarity with um, 
Maria Rambo mm-hmm. when she was going through cancer treatment. Yep. Which, who knows? It's a it's it's, it's a nice little touch, and I like it. Yeah. So I'm going to assume that it's true. Yep. It, it, it would right, be so in ne- lockstep with the way that friendship worked. Yep. Yes. Totally. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. And you're lucky I didn't break your back and have to come save you. Uh, next rumor slash theory. Agnes is really Agatha Harkness, the witch. Is this the real or is it Jabroni? If this was before episode six, I'd say the Jabroni. But I don't know. She cackled pretty good in episode six in the car there when she was going a little batty there. Uh, I, I'm going to say uh, Agnes, there's a little more to her than we... We're, we, we've seen so I, I'm, I'm gonna go the real on this one yeah I'm I'm gonna agree and it's mostly wishful thinking because I think Catherine Hahn is just has everything I've ever seen her in mm-hmm. she has been just so enjoyable and just can can just turn um, like emotionally and attitude wise on a dime yeah just without any kind of preamble or anything and I, I i really dig that about the in the characters that she plays and just her as an actor so i'm hoping that she has a bigger part overall in this and that she has a, a very big part in the marvel universe going forward because i i just really enjoy her work a lot yeah. so yes i'm gonna go with the real as well yeah yeah she, she thinking, she's the only one yeah. that we've been other than vision you know when he's touched that the, the the guy who works in his office mm. and got him to kind of open up no one really seems to be in on what's going on more than Agnes. You know. Yeah. And Although, oh my gosh, in episode six, that moment when the woman is like, she's going to be hanging like the ghost up in her front yard, and her hand yes. just keeps going back and forth, and then you see the tear coming down her face. Yep. That was like freaky. That is that is so good because it's disturbing in this weird sort of way because you're like, oh my gosh, what if that was you? And you became, you were like vaguely aware of what's happening and you're mm-hmm. stuck in this loop, yeah. like in Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> like you're one of those, you're one of the synthoids who's just stuck, but you know you're stuck. And it ties into like that whole, like there's that uh, locked in syndrome mm. where people can actually be, they, they can't communicate outward yeah, and they are just stuck inside their body and it appears they're like comatose, but they're actually fully aware of everything that's happening. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And that was just where my mind went to when I saw that. I'm like, ah, yeah. that's one of the creepier things I've ever seen. And it's just a woman just like moving her hand back and forth like as she's about to hang this thing and then she doesn't and comes back. Such a simple thing, but it, that creeped me out almost more than anything besides like zombie vision. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to agree. I, 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 yeah, totally. I'm, and then wishful thinking, but hey, sometimes that's what you got to have. Mm-hmm. And you were so lucky. Uh, next up, Nightmare has Wanda trapped and is drawing energy from her. Is this the real or is it Jabroni? Uh, I'm going to go the Jabroni, but I, I'm not as up to speed on Nightmare. And if I'm going all in on Mephisto, and quite honestly, you know, we're we're in dire need of a of a new big bad now that Thanos is no more. So, uh, is Nightmare on the same level as Mephisto, or is Nightmare kind of like a underling? I I am not I am not as as the familiar. I am I am not the familiar at all with Nightmare. Never heard of the dude. Um, okay. Although this picture in the article is is quite jaunty, I will say that. 
and um, <laughs> pulling off the whole like Hamlet, you know, Yorick, I knew him well with a skull in his hand. Ah. Uh, seems like a delightful guy you'd really want to have over for a cup of coffee or, you know, pig's blood. Mm-hmm. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is interesting from this is apparently he draws power from people's uncon- uh, subconscious minds. So he has the mm. ability to torture people in this dream dimension ah. and then absorbs almost sort of like, which would be really weird because then you start getting into like Monsters, Inc., where it's like yeah. <laughs> he's, he's scaring people in order to get their power. Like, hey, haven't we seen this movie? And wasn't there an eyeball involved? <laughs> Crap, is Billy Crystal <laughs> and John Goodman part of the MCU too? <laughs> like, who is it? Get I'm kind of feeling left out at this point. <laughs> Get that thing back, or put that thing back where it came from, or so help me, so help me, so help me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever, I've, I don't think I've ever actually seen Monsters Inc., but I've watched Monsters University a bunch of times. Oh really? Oh, you should watch Monsters, Monsters Inc. Inc. Oh, Monsters okay. Inc. is a classic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Monsters University was awesome. I yeah. thought it was great. I don't know why I've never watched that one. I. Then again, it took me like ten years to watch Wally for some reason. Wally. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, such a weird sort of disturbing movie. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> I burned in my. You brain. do that really well. I just want to say, like, I'm not editing that in at all. That is, <laughs> that is Tim's hidden talent right there. We've <laughs> we've discovered it. Voices, ladies and gentlemen. Voices. Acting. Acting. Um, <laughs> Jeez. As the great John Lovitz would say. Oh my gosh, John Lovitz. What is actually I don't want to know what John Lovitz is doing right now. It might be really depressing. He was, he was great um, as that bad Shakespearean actor on SNL though. You know, the guy that would come in oh, and be yeah. like, I am acting. You're in a courtroom. Well, then, sir. There's a, <laughs> then there's the critic. You remember that? Yes. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. You know, I mean such a weird, oh, weird man. show, man. Yep. Oh, it was great. Anyways, um, where the heck are we? Uh, last oh, yeah. one. So, last one. last one we got here. Or, or, uh, I'm sorry, did, West... did, did you weigh in on Nightmare? I don't remember. Did you say? I don't think you did. Uh, I'm going to say Jabroni. You're going to say because, Jabroni? I, All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't think that's it. It would be kind of cool, but at the same time, I don't think that's it. And I didn't lock him. I didn't lock his attitude. He was a punk. So next one up. Everyone in Westview could become a mutant thanks to the Hex. Is this the real or Jabroni? Uh, I'm going to go the jabroni because I think if from what I've read with the way they're going to potentially incorporate X-Men, it may be through a multiverse sort of thing. Granted, this this could be the way. I mean, we both thought this was some sort of interstellar interdimensional jump link. Uh, Mm -hmm. But um, Monica's been through it twice and probably is going to go through it a third time going back in, and that's going to probably transform her. But none of the other folks have been through it as far as we know. So I I don't know why they would be transformed. It seems like they're mostly imprisoned or, or, you know, hostage taken, if you will. So I'm I'm going to say the jabroni. I, I think it's a stretch that everyone's going to become a mutant out of this. I think uh, we, we should leave such mutant things to the X-Men when they do make themselves uh, available and present, uh, whether that be in WandaVision or uh, potentially in the Doctor Strange movie, we shall see. Yeah, I'm going to go jabroni on this one, if only because I think it seems that you have to go through the hex um, yes. in order for anything to happen. And as you, as you so rightly pointed out, once, twice... Three, Three times, times a mutant. 
<laughs> I, I was doing the buckwheat version of it. Yeah. Uns, fives, three times, times the matey. Matey. <laughs> There we go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, between that and I am Gumby, damn it. <laughs> um, Eddie Murphy. Oh, my gosh. Eddie, oh, Eddie, so Eddie, funny. Eddie, Eddie. So funny. Uh, I think the fact that we haven't gotten more, uh, and I, uh, now we're going to diverge completely, but I just have to say this. The fact that we haven't gotten more Eddie Murphy stand-up mm. over the years, that he's been like, he's been threatening to do stand-up, another stand-up tour for something like 20 years now. Mm-hmm. We should have had more stand-up Eddie yes. over this whole time. Is It's not quite as much of an injustice as Bill Withers essentially stopping his recording career in the early 80s and not getting any more songs ever. Mm-hmm. But it's getting close. Yeah, It's getting close that we don't have, especially when you see the fact he shows back up on SNL and you're like, oh, wait, this dude still's got his fastball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might not be, it ain't 102, but it's still in like the mid-90s. That's got some zip on it. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It's entertaining it's kind of shame. Is. Oh my! It's just funny. Just like, again, one of those things of like getting up on stage in front of people and just being funny, and and knowing it, and kind of being able to work in the moment, you know, instead of just all the everything is just a bit. Mm-hmm. He's able to just like be funny in the moment, which oh my gosh, so rare. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. <sighs> I would agree. Anyways, but back to where we were at. Yeah, I think Jabroni. I think it's actually going in and out. I think I think Monica is the one who might not necessarily become a mutant, per se. I think that's how she'll get her powers. Mm-hmm. But I think this this will almost be like one of those things, like the Fantastic Four. I don't think the Fantastic Four technically qualifies mutants because right, right. you know cosmic rays or something. I think this will be how she gets her powers. But I don't think it'll be it'll make her a mutant in the strict sense of the word. It will be interesting to see what happens with Darcy because last we saw her, she was getting absorbed by the boundary. So, yes, that's right. So. And you know what? We still haven't found out who the missing person or the the uh, the person who was um, the missing person that Agent Wu was looking for. Mm-hmm. Have we? He that that person still has not been identified. I think it might be Agnes. Okay. I did read a rumor today saying uh, because the person was from the West Coast and there was a couple other things that um, they're, they're thinking it might be Justin Hammer from Iron Man 2, which would be a complete letdown if that was the case. But why would it be Justin Hammer? Because he I was in know. prison and he was an East Coast dude. Because that whole that whole was he East like Coast? his factory was, yeah. Because all of Iron Man two, like all the World's Fair stuff, that was in like Queens, mm. and his factory was not that far from there. So oh well, Coast then dude. I don't know what this this article was talking about then, because they for some reason it said something like West Coast and this and that, and I'm like, I don't know if that's right, but hmm. I wonder Strange. if it's talking about West Coast Avengers because that was a thing. Like it used to be like the Avengers proper were based in new york and then there was a west coast avengers mm. and i think that was like hank pym and wasp and and folks like that was like another avengers team i see which doesn't really make that much sense when you think about it because the avengers are supposed to be like this team to take on like these world level events but it's like oh no we got one on the east coast <laughs> one on the west coast like really well you got the nfc east and the nfc west and <laughs> yeah and one of them always sucks. Yes. yes. Just kind of flip-flops. Now now the East is just wretched. Inevitably. You know? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I say send them all down to the to the Canadian Football League. They're all jabronis. Make the Dallas Cowboys play in the CFL for a couple seasons until they can shape up. That's right. 
which actually might be good. They might get a few wins. Although, oh my gosh, what would it be like if you had like the Cowboys or one of those teams and they went to the CFL and they still got smoked like a cheap cigar? Like how bad would that be? Like the the Dallas Cowboys today got beaten by the Rough Riders. Cal- <laughs> the Calgary Rough Riders by 56 points. Jerry Jones wouldn't have much to say at that point. There's just nothing you can say. Everyone forgot that there was only three downs instead of four, and there was a lot of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. That's All funny. right. Well, so that any, any last notes on the last few, vision, uh, last few visions, last few episodes of WandaVision? No. I mean, uh, th- there was one... Uh, article i sent to you we don't have to do real jabroni on this um but uh it was interesting because there throughout all the episodes most of them at least there have been these commercials like right about midway through that promote Mm. some sort of you know fake product and i i read an interview or interview sorry i read an article today that was uh, theorizing if each of the each of the commercials is meant to represent one of the infinity stones. So if you actually walk through the commercials, you actually can, yeah. you can draw the line to one of, uh, of the properties um, or not one of the properties, but the properties of one infinity stone. I don't know if I buy that per se. Um, mm-hmm. I do think, and it'll be interesting to see if, if there's something to the characters in those commercials, because you know, if, if, if you have this hex dimension and it's like this TV show, why why is this commercial always you know on with the same two people kind of acting in it you know like do do they have some kind of role in all of this or not? yeah you know i read one rumor that said yeah. the guy in the commercial is mephisto so once again you know if you're in the hex and you breathe you might be mephisto so um but i i honestly don't know and yeah there's people who are probably saying the toaster in episode one was mephisto yes yeah yeah. Like, not the dude, the toaster itself. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, I mean, go hog wild. Why not? Sure. Now, I guess the, the one thing that we, we do need, we should probably put down on record, um, and I, I don't want to surprise you with this, but I'm going to surprise you with this. So there is a, a, a fairly solid-ish rumor that there is going to be a Luke Skywalker-level cameo by the end of the series. Mm. Who do you think that might be? Like, if you had to guess, who do you think it might be? And if you'd like, I could I could give you a couple of mine while you're thinking of it, or you can do it right off the top of your well, head. Well, I, I mean, off the top of my head, but see, I wouldn't call it a Luke Skywalker sort of cameo. Is is You know, it seems like all this stuff is supposed to connect into Doctor Strange somehow. But... I think mm-hmm. for it to be a Luke Skywalker event, you you can't really see it coming. You know what I mean? And and I don't know that Doctor mm. Strange showing up would be all that impactful. I mean, to be quite honest with you, it's it's not like he would show up and I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, it just doesn't. I, I I like the character, but it just doesn't have that resonance with me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the only thing I could think of that it could po- potentially be would be like Tony Stark, right? I mean, who who who's it's got to be someone that you don't expect to see. That's the only way it even eclipses that sort of zone of, you know, sky. I mean, the, the whole reason the Skywalker thing was such a, uh, you know, a home run was was because no one saw it coming because the man who plays him is in his 60s now. You know, I mean, it, there, there's no playing Luke Skywalker from that era anymore. Right. Isn't Mark Hamill in his 60s, 50s? Yeah. 
I forties. I'm gonna say it's more than that. Is he Benjamin Button? <laughs> Mark Hamill. Oh, you just just made it. Mark Hamill is 69 years old. And since we have video, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and for the listeners, I just gonna, did the old you know motion uh, from baseball where you you know score a run. You're not going to do the R Truth heel click. I, th- I was expecting that one. I was looking no, because two it. things will happen. One, you'll hear this noise in the background as I fall into something, <laughs> and two, after what? I fall into something, I'm like my back, you know. So, <laughs> my back, my neck, my neck, and my back. That's right. That's right. I want a hundred thousand dollars. It'd be like Shawn Michaels when he's doing the Hogan, you know, pose down, and he pull, you know, he does the oh my back, yeah, you know, that sort of thing. Um. That, that's yeah, about the only I, thing I, I can think of is, is a Robert Downey Jr. cameo is is about but, but mm. how I don't even know you know what I mean it just seems it, it would just be so far fetched um, you know Captain America I you know it's it's hard I I don't I I don't really know I other than it being a character who we think is dead. I mean, Vision is supposed to be dead, right? So unless mm-hmm. this is like, if this is truly an interdimensional jump point, like we're talking about, and there's some way that it's weaving other other realities into it, it's possible there's a parallel universe with Tony, and he makes his way into it. I mean, that that's the only thing I can think of. At least that would resonate for me. Yeah, I well, the thing I think that was that made the Mark Hamill Luke Skywalker cameo so impactful is. And I, 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 slightly, slightly, I mean, I'll hold my fingers up to the camera just so that you can see slightly like that slight. That's how slight I think it is. Um, mm-hmm. Again, this does this does nothing for our listeners who are like, just shut up and talk. Finish this thing up, would you wrap it up? But I think there's a sli- I'll disagree with you slightly in that you could see the, the, the Luke Skywalker cameo coming. But in my case, like I kind of saw it coming a little bit, but I refuse to believe it. Yes. Because I refuse to believe that they would do it because I'm like, how are you going to pull this off? How is it going to be cool? It's going to. Oh, my gosh. And in some ways, kind of hoping they didn't because I'm like, please, I just don't want it to suck. I just don't want it to suck. I don't want it to be like a cheap, like one shot sort of thing. Like he just shows up and is about to say something and then they cut and that's the end of the episode. I didn't want any of that. And that's why I kept on telling myself it ain't going to happen. And why, you know, as I, again, going back to the story of when, when we were watching it, me and my daughter on the couch, like literally on the edge of our seats when the X wing showed up and then getting further and further and just like, and I kept on saying, it can't be, it can't be, it mm-hmm. can't be, it can't be until it's like you see the gloved black hand with a green lightsaber and you're like, oh, sweet, fancy yeah. Moses. Yep. It, it is. Yep. It can't be anyone else. Like there's, there are no other explanations. And so that's why I look at it and I'm like, you could see it coming, but it has to be that sort of like, they wouldn't. Right. They like I kind of think this would make sense, but they, they can't. Right. And that's why I kind of I'm I'm willing to go with you on Tony Stark because even though apparently uh, they've they've asked Robert Downey Jr. and Kevin Feige about this, and the and the party line is Tony Stark is dead. Mm-hmm. But so is Vision. Exactly. <laughs> Vision is apparently a walking corpse. He's weekend at Bernie's, uh-huh. <laughs> and they're be doing a whole show with him. Mm-hmm. So. 
maybe dead ain't so, you know, maybe he's just mostly dead. <laughs> Again, we're going to get Billy we're going to get Billy Crystal in the MCU one way or the other. We're either going to get Miracle Max or we're going to get uh Mike <laughs> Wachowski. Yes. yes. One, and actually, you know what? I'm I'm good with both, really. If we could get if we get the more the more Billy Crystal in the MCU confusing people, mm-hmm. the better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I could see it. I could see because it's like you bring him back, and maybe it's a it's it's a, a shared kind of creation of Wanda and whatever is happening, and and it, it and it's for the the benefit of Vision because that's his creator. You know, maybe it's that whatever the, the one that I think. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say the other one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go. The other one that I would go with is because Doctor Strange is the obvious. Right. I, I think we. I don't think we 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 don't have to go over that one. The other one that I think could happen is Thor, mm. because you have Darcy there, mm-hmm. and Vision's real kind of big coming out party of into the MCU was, you know, the reason that they knew like he was on their side is he picked up the hammer, mm-hmm. and handed it to Thor, and it was that moment in Age of Ultron, again the movie that Disney's like. Hey, you better watch this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've watched six episodes of this, and you haven't watched Ultron. Watch it. It's you're gonna need this info. You know, like Mickey Mouse whispering in your ear. And if that don't work, they're gonna send Goofy. <laughs> and you don't want Goofy in the middle of the night. You better watch one. You better watch Age of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't need that. No, and I'm don't. sorry for everyone who just listened to it. It was either that or Carl Weathers. And damn it, I've I've abused Carl's impression way too much. Oh, so, but, but we enjoy it. I know, but you know, one of these days, Carl's gonna find me. and He's gonna kick my ass and. And deservedly so. Um, I Still see entertaining. Thor being that big one. Well, thank you. I could see Thor being like kind of that big cameo and kind of talking a little sense into yeah. into Vision. Yeah. You know, because it was it, he did say like I had a vision, mm-hmm. and quite, so I could see a tie in there. Um, that could be that could be good. But I, yeah, Downey or or Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I was just gonna say, you know, with you know, what, one of the things that has been said about the hex is that it it could be this thing that just destabilizes, you know, the boundaries between different parallel universes and that sort of thing. And that's where you can kind of work different characters in. Like we don't know, you know, if, if Pietro ends up being Mephisto, then we'll understand how he came to be, but it could be that he got absorbed in through another universe, you know, or, um, or like I said, with Tony Stark, I mean, the only way that he gets sucked into this is through some parallel universe where he's still alive, you know, um, so I yeah I don't know it's it's it, it's an interesting uh, it's interesting that they're kind of talking that way I mean you know that that whole Luke Skywalker thing the funniest part about it is when when you look at the lore and understand the time period that the show is taking place in you should have seen it coming but but like you said no one believed it would happen because again mm-hmm. the person playing the character is too old to play the character so how on earth are you going to create new content with them and yeah. they found and they found a way yeah so. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what it'll be, but yeah, Th- Thor makes sense. Um, I-, I think the other one, like you mentioned, though, and maybe this is lends credence to the first theory, is uh, Ultron. Well, actually, I just thought of another one. Oh, good. And and oh my god, I uh, Loki. Oh. Because in Endgame, when they're doing the time heist, when Loki disappears, mm. what does he have with him? He has oh. a tesseract. What's inside the tesseract? 
the Mind Stone. What could bring Vision back? Mm. Loki's version of the Mind Stone. This is true. Ah! Mind oh, oh blown. Oh my gosh, that would be... We might have just created a... Cons- no, there's like 10 other people who have already published that on blogs like a week ago. I'm sorry. You have to do the Carl Weathers monster movie thing. Go. Like a damn monster movie. Amen. Oh, that and that would be too. I mean, literally, like bringing <laughs> Frankenstein's body back from the dead. Like, that's yep. the first time I've used that quote in context. Ooh, do you think it might be Thor and Loki? Loki with the Mind um, Stone, Thor working his, you know, Mew Mew magic. Well, I don't know. Because the thing is, like, we're we're going to get the Loki show... Not too far into the distant future, because it seems like Marvel is going to give us at least, I mean, because Winter Soldier is coming right hot on the heels of of this show. Like, I think if we go through another three episodes, it might almost be the the last WandaVision episode hits. It might be the following week or just maybe a week in between the two, and we go right into Winter Soldier and Falcon. Or Falcon and Winter Soldier, whichever order it's in. They're they're equal in my mind. Okay. I can't. I just can't keep the order straight. But because um, I'm a simple creature, but we could very we could get Loki not that far after that. Because good lord, I mean they in that trailer they're showing you a lot. Obviously, this stuff has they've they've shot some stuff, and that can't be that far into the future. So that would be a great way to have him kind of show up and maybe as part of his like fixing the timelines thing he has to go and bring the mind stone back and and fix vision mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if you'd have them both yeah you know yeah. um man oh that could be kind of cool oh i, I actually oh, almost so want to see theorizing no i don't no. want to see loki as much as tony stark really mm. i think loki would be cool yeah i don't think it'd be the same level as luke skywalker though no, yeah, that would really be Robert Downey Jr. You'd have to bring back Tony Stark. You have to. And that, you oh my to. gosh, can you imagine the heartstring tug at that moment? Okay. Can you um, even or, imagine? Or oh. one of the sirs, whether it be Mr. Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellum, is that his name? Yeah. As Magneto or Charles Xavier. That would be the other thing that would get me. Well, the only thing is, so if you have Pietro as Quicksilver, that was the James McAvoy kind of timeline with X-Men. Right, right. That could be kind of cool. Or, oh, dude. No, I mean, no, no. Although, the only other person you could bring in who would have the sheer cachet and the sheer just like... I'm just going to drop this right here. Ladies and gentlemen, he's played a superhero in more movies than any other actor in history. He is the greatest showman. Oh. Are you ready for a little schnick schnick? Wolverine, Mm -hmm. Mr. Hugh Jackman. I mean... Can you freaking imagine if somehow they keep that under wraps Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden in episode nine, like, you know, he shows up like stogie in mouth, like saying to Pietro, like, come on, bub, we got to go. And that's like it. (laughs) Like, that would be enough for me. You'd be picking me up off the floor, Al Luke Skywalker. That's about him or Tony Stark. That that you're on to. Yes. You you are on to something there. Yes. It will never happen. Because. (laughs) No, no. 
Well, you just said it. It ha- It's not just about the cachet. He has said he would. He is retired from playing that character. Mm-hmm. Right. So very similar mm-hmm. to Mark Hamill. Yeah. Right. I mean, not that Mark Hamill said he was going to retire from Luke Skywalker, but he he's not that he's too old because they could fit it into the timeline still. Right. Damn you, old man. I mean, if if, if you mm-hmm. if you consider Logan to be way in the distant future, mm-hmm. then you could see it play out that way. But yeah, I mean that that would be the curveball to one up the curveball of Luke Skywalker because no one would be expecting him to show up. No, that and and that's why I I'm could like, see that. I'd buy that. Oh, I would buy it too. That's just the real I'd love to have it happen. I I think it's like zero point zero one five percent chance of happening. So you're telling me there's a chance? I don't know. You're you're convincing me. <laughs> I'm I'm moving away from the t- I'm moving away from the Tony Stark now and 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 I'm I'm Loki or Wolverine's looking good at this point. Loki or Wolverine. You are such a pushover. Oh my gosh. Tony Stark's dead. He did. Now I know now I know how I got you to have another beer after all those times picking me up at, <laughs> at Biddy's. Now I know. <laughs> Just a big softy. Be like I want to go to bed. Come on, have one more with me. Oh, fine. Two, three later. Let me tell you about Bill Moody. Bill Brasky. <laughs> no, then I would go to bed, and then I'd be woken up like 30 minutes later because you'd be playing Madden, throwing the controller against the wall because the computer whooped you again. <laughs> How yeah. many controllers did we I break back myself. in the day? Because <laughs> they, they were surprisingly all, only one. They were hurled with some velocity really only- at the wall. <laughs> Yeah, we only actually officially broke one. I think we right. there was another one that broke, but I managed to like snap it back together. It was never quite the same. That was always the one I gave to you. Well, that makes sense since I that, lost all those times. Oh, the rudder won't my, go to left. What happened? That was my secret weapon right there. And another thing. All right, so uh, what do you got for another thing this week, sir? Well, as I have been sharing over the last couple episodes, I I have delved into, uh, I I was getting the hankering once we talked about in the Week in Geek, some uh, Star Wars uh, MMORPG kind of gaming. I went back, looked at Knights of the Old Republic. I was like, eh, it's kind of an older game. Uh, And then I found this other one that is kind of, uh, I wouldn't call it necessarily a sequel, but it's close. uh, called Star Wars The Old Republic. So Star Wars the Knights of the Old Republic is about 4,000 years before A New Hope. Uh, Star Wars The Old Republic mm-hmm. is uh, 3,600 years. <laughs> so, But basically, uh, tremendously entertaining game. That's a that's a hop, skip, and a jump backwards. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit of time before Luke was, uh, you know, swinging the lightsaber. But uh, no, just just an extremely fun game to play. Uh, you 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 choose from uh, different character classes. Uh, it's Republic versus Empire as opposed to Rebellion. You can be a Jedi on the Republic side. You can be a Jedi Knight. You can be what's called a Jedi Consular, which uh, really just means you get to wield a double bladed lightsaber. Uh, you have a trooper, and then you have a smuggler. And then on the Imperial side, you have kind of the opposite of those those Republic classes. So you have a Sith warrior, you have a Sith Inquisitor, you have a bounty hunter, you have an Imperial agent. I was feeling uh, in the bounty hunter sort of mindset, so uh, that's been a lot of fun. But it is 
It's a very fun game to play. It's it's all your own pace. You you want to work the story. You work the story missions. If you want to just kind of roam around the planet you're on, you can pick up other missions from different places. You can discover new areas. Um, you know, interact with characters, do you know different things to earn money, earn skill, earn better equipment. Oh, it's just fun. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, you can build up like uh, you know companions that are you know computer controlled, but they kind of serve like purposes of healing or you know kind of uh, providing you more firepower. Mm-hmm. They they have skills. They have all. Uh, it's there's just so much to it. It's incredible. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. I am trying to keep uh, you know the time in check. You know I'm not I'm not doing four hour gaming sessions, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I am doing, you know, an hour or so. And, uh, you know, it's it's fun. You know, an hour is about enough. And then, you know, it's time to move on to something else. But uh, but it's been fun. It's It's been a lot of fun to play. And uh, it's time to move on to Star Wars Squadrons after that. Yeah, I know. You know, it's funny. I, I just I, I enjoyed Squadrons. But for some reason, like this game has really scratched that itch of wanting to just kind of have a, a, a game where you can just kind of roam around and do a lot of cool stuff. I mean, EVE Online, you can basically do that, but it's all like flying in space. So it's different. You know, it's not like, it's not like Mm. being a character roaming around a place and doing different things. I mean, that just has a different feel to it. So, uh, so, so this has been a lot of fun. Um, it, It is interactive. It is MMORPG, massively multiplayer. So other people are online. You can group up with other people and go do missions if you want. Uh, they have you can form guilds with other people. Um, it's just it's got so much to it. It's just such a blast. There's, there's so much to really explore and do. And so if you're looking for a little distraction in these uh, still COVID times, uh, and you're a big Star Wars nut, I would definitely recommend Star Wars: The Old Republic. It is fun, free to play. Uh, don't don't have to subscribe. So uh, have at it. That's my end. Another thing. It is. It's free to play. That you can Ooh. you can be a subscriber and get more perks, but you you can play for free and still have a pretty rich experience in the game. That's what I'm doing right now. I might need you to send me that link. <laughs> oh, feel the hate flow through you. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it. Oh my gosh! And you know what? It'll keep everyone busy until Grand Theft Jedi comes along. That's right. Which is well, what and, I'm and still just clinging to. And that's the whole thing is is a, a lot of this was sparked by all the talk about the next one that's coming. Um, I'm probably going to be all over that one once that comes out. But um, but yeah, no, no, just a lot of fun. And uh, well, maybe we can live the dream. We can have uh, Fat Daddy and Honky Thunder running around the uh, <laughs> Star Wars universe. <laughs> Just as God intended. <laughs> no, oh, man. What That's is your in another thing, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> that would not be tolerated. Uh, well, I as as I am want to do, I decided to change mine. Um, and uh, so th- this is uh, this is a little bit old. This is, comes back from 2018, or as I like to refer to it, the before times, uh, <laughs> you know, before our plague years kicked in. Uh, but this is uh, it's a two song EP. However, this is a two song EP that I think that you could pretty much listen to on on loop for about four hours and really not get too sick of it. Nice. Um, it's uh, it features Cody Fry, Corey Wong, and Dynamo. 
and it is uh, two songs, Want Me Back and Better. Now, I'm, I'm not all that familiar with Cody Fry. I'm vaguely familiar with Dynamo as a as a band and, and horn section and just a real talented bunch of cats there. However, Corey Wong, oh my God, probably my favorite guitar player planet on uh, player on planet Earth right now. He is just he is one of those guys like when they talked about um, uh, when they asked the guys in Parliament, you know, who's the funkiest guy in Parliament? And and two or three people answered without question, like Bootsy. Dude could take a stick and hit it in the ground. You'd be like, ooh, that's funky. Corey Wong plays rhythm guitar. He plays guitar just so funky that it is his groove is just so tasty it's mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. um and it just so proficient pro- prolific like in 2020 he released i think three or four albums he's constantly working he actually has a uh, a variety show on youtube right now that you can you can get every week on his youtube channel um and the dude is just so good he's a he's also a member of uh of wolfpack uh wolfpack and uh is just a great musician in and of himself and not just a rhythm guitar player he also can play lead but oh my gosh his rhythm playing you start to understand in Wolfpack how integral his rhythm playing was to their sound because there's uh, the bass player for for Wolfpack is this guy Joe Dart who's amazing just one of those guys that you listen to you're like that's obscene how freaking good you are and and you're like half my age so screw you but uh, you know I say that inside my head Uh, of course if I actually practiced I'd be better but uh, you kind of realize after a while like oh my gosh Corey Wong is kind of his rhythm guitar is what really drives that band and it's a bit of a thankless job it's almost like an offensive lineman like he keeps the groove moving in that band and oh my gosh these songs are great and the video for want me back is oh it's a thing of beauty it is a thing of beauty i will link both to the ep and also the video because you've got to watch the video because it's it's lovely it's a good laugh and it's fantastic music so definitely check that out and then go back and listen to everything that Corey wong has ever recorded nice. since he was like a fetus and you will not be sorry <laughs> i'm going bold on that one you i'm, are. I'm it, you are you know you're going the real I, I not the jabroni I, it's a little late to buy in on on game stock stock but i am going i'm i'm bullish on cor on uh, cory wong stock that's Corey Wongstock. That actually sounds very weird. Anyways, we are coming to the end of this time, and uh, and as as I could just sense, all of our listeners in the future tense going, "Thank God, <laughs> it's finally almost done." Hallelujah. Yes, thank you. Oh, that was that was lovely, actually. So, uh, thank you all to the members of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation. We thank you all for tuning in, for listening, for bearing with us, for for listening to all the conspiracy theories and rumors. And we hope that we've helped to completely dumbfound you because you know we can't we can't blind you with brilliance. So we're just gonna baffle you with BS. That's our <laughs> that's our our mission in life. Oh, good. I'm glad to see we have our mission statement. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> It's a thankless job, but somebody's got to do it. Oh so gosh. we thank you all for tuning in. And as we have read from the holy scriptures of geekdom uh, and, and thought about WandaVision, and oh my goodness, such a great show. You, if, you haven't, if you haven't watched it, my gosh, get off your duff and do that. Actually, if you haven't watched it, there's almost 0% chance that you made it this far in the show. If you did, you're probably in a coma. And if so get well soon you know what if you've enjoyed this episode if you've had fun if you've if you know what if this has just gotten you a set gotten you through a session on the treadmill that you were dreading the hell you know it's 
Again, the blessings of video, <laughs> seeing Tim doing his imitation of, I don't know, Brutus the Barber Beefcake on a tribe right there. I'm not sure <laughs> what that so. was. <laughs> Go on with your bad selves, sir. Burn them calories. And, uh, <laughs> gosh. All right, All right I'm going to have stop. to minimize this window because it's 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 messing up my chi. Uh, but, you know, if, if if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share this with friends, family, strangers. Actually, wait a minute. None of us meet strangers anymore because we don't go out anymore. So, you know, well, if you want to leave a note for the DoorDash guy, go ahead and tell him about free range idiocy. Yeah, that too. And, uh, you know. Be sure to subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Podbean. If you go to freerangeidiocy.com, you will find all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the social medias because, good sweet Lord, you know we love us some us. And that's all that social media is about. It's just me. Me, 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 You? No, me. And that's what we love. So, Find us on the social medias. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. And if you can't spell that, well, chances are you didn't log on in the first place. So whatever. And if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, outright bribery offers, big stacks of unmarked bills, uh, or even suggestions, thoughts, and concerns you'd like to share with us, you want to send those to Tim at Free Range Idiocy. Because quite honestly, it's not my business. You send it to him and he'll put that in a big hat or something and draw those out and eventually we'll get around to them and you know what if if we actually end up talking about something that you suggest or that you ask we will mention your name on the internet because god knows you couldn't do that on your own Mm -hmm. uh you know hey if you if if having us say your name on the interwebs is what does it for you (laughs) hey we're here to help it only costs now as i draw to the end of my time and once again Every, yeah, it, it won't even actually won't even cost you three fifty. There's no stamp on email. <laughs> if you got one of them AOL discs in the mail, you can send that sucker for free. <laughs> Anyways, if, <laughs> sorry. Damn you, Loch Ness monster! I I can't help but say it. I can't <laughs> help but say it. Anyways, as I draw to the end of my time and everyone breathes a sigh of relief because I'm going to shut my yap and let somebody else talk for a change, I like to think things over. I like to go through the entire show in my head. I like to think it through. I like to take a nice cleansing breath, and then I like to I like to. Oh, wait a minute. I was going to channel Henry Rollins, but that would mean I'd break a whole lot of stuff in my home office. I'm not going to channel Henry Rollins, even though, you know what? Actually, before I go, happy birthday, Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins just turned 60, and damn it, I think he's still as intense as he was when he was 20, which is a scary freaking thought. (laughs) Don't get in the way of Angry Hank. That's all I'm going to say. But happy birthday to Henry Rollins. But I like to take a nice cleansing breath and get in touch with someone much more zen. Think back through the show and turn to the to the man on video now that I have turned to for all of my major life decisions over the past 20 some odd years which is a reason why I'm going nowhere and nowhere quick <laughs> well thank you and I say the hell did we learn this week we've learned the following uh, ah, good. the Iron Sheik good old Sheiky he's a national treasure Bubba. Bubba. oh yes he is be the Bubba. Uh, and as Make he would say, humble. oh, that's right. Be, be the humble and always be the real and not the jabroni. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Mm. Keep the good content coming. Got the Mandalorian. We got WandaVision. We got Loki. We got Winter Soldier coming and, and Falcon. 
There's all sorts of goodness coming out of that channel. So Disney Plus, mm-hmm. keep it coming. And finally, listeners, beware. Uncle Todd and I, we are pushing the culinary boundaries that our skills will allow, so do beware. <laughs> if you see some plumes of smoke coming from Illinois or Maine, you know that something has gone terribly wrong with one of these said experiences, or experiments, I should say. So, with all that we being We fear said, no cholesterol. We do not. There is no mm. melted butter that we will not dip our food in. <laughs> Oh, chicken fried steak dipped in butter. Oh boy. <laughs> Do it. Oh. oh, good lord. I'm I'm actually having palpitations just thinking about that. Oh jeez. Oh my Feeling goodness. Weak. Do it. Well, while while we use the defibrillator to get Uncle Todd back, I will close with the following. Uh, as we always like to say, thank you for uh, the downloads this past week. Uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And as always, uh, because quite honestly, we're too busy figuring out how to get the oven working to do the cooking. Would you please hit the lights on the way out? And last year, I had four days off between a show in Spain and a show in Portugal. And the show in Portugal, I knew was going to be my last day on Earth. Why? Because we were opening for Iron Maiden. Okay? Right. Iron Maiden is a legion of fans like these gentlemen over here. If you are in front of 18 to 20,000 Iron Maiden fans, the upside is they only want to see one band. The downside is you are not in that band. You are the irritant. They hate your guts. They have it in their minds, what little minds they have. See, shake your head. I want to hear it. I want to hear it knock around inside the cranium. Anyway, it's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Damn! You are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out and don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Did you give me my cheese wheels, boy? Oh, hell no! Can we help Steven get a peek? Oh, hell no! Do it. When you're in front of like 18,000 people who want two and a half hours of that, they're gonna kill you. Because they have radar, and they can pick up the wise ass in any band. Kill Henry, kill Henry, kill Henry. Rip him limb from limb! And so I know I'm gonna die! I'm your huckleberry. Just, just like staring at each other through this entire show has been kind of odd, really. <laughs> it's like it's it's almost as bad as like when you're standing at the urinal and somebody wants to talk to you and you're like, I've I've got stuff going on here. I don't. I, and and that and you can kind of sense they're trying to look you in the eye. Like, no, don't look at me. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Eyes front. Eyes front at the urinal, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, not late. I mean, late. I mean, well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, lady, I mean, whoever. You know, I mean, if you can use a urinal, I mean, pfft, whatever. This part is definitely not making it for an for a cut at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not.